0: THK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. The government says it's procured enough COVID vaccines to inoculate the entire population. Authorities find a more infectious mutated strain of coronavirus here for the first time. And media mogul Jimmy Lai is freed on bail and has now left prison. The government says it has now procured enough COVID-19 vaccines to cover the entire population as it prepares to launch a universal inoculation programme. It has also set up an indemnity fund to provide financial assistance to anyone who suffers from serious complications as a result of the jabs. Francis Sitt reports.
1: Chief executive Carrie Lam said the government has now secured another seven and a half million doses of a vaccine jointly developed by Oxford University and Anglo-Swedish pharmaceutical giant AstraZeneca, on top of the 50 million doses secured earlier from two sources: mainland firm Sinofac and German firm BioNTech. That makes a total of 22 and a half million doses enough, Mrs Lam said, for the two jobs required for every Hong Kong resident. A new legal framework approved by her executive council will pave the way for their use on an emergency basis. The Sinovac vaccine is expected to be the first to arrive as early as next month. All of the vaccines have been rushed to market, drawing concerns in some quarters about their safety and efficacy. But Mrs Lam noted that more and more data is emerging and people should look at the cold hard facts rather than focus on the vaccine's country of origin.
2: When one looks at the vaccine, it's the safety, is the efficacy, it's the quality. It's not a particular place. Is not particular sentiment of where do you want that vaccine to come from.
1: She also said she had been misunderstood when she said earlier that people wouldn't have a choice as to which vaccine they can receive. Mrs Lam explained that while people can't just go and have their pick of vaccines, they can wait for the right time and place for the preferred choice to become available. The CE also says while the vaccine suppliers will be exempted from liability in cases where severe complications occurred, the government will be setting up an indemnity fund to provide financial support for those affected.
0: The government is also tightening up quarantine restrictions on incoming travelers from the UK after discovering for the first time a new more infectious strain of COVID-19 in Hong Kong. Cecil Wong reports.
3: The Center for Health Protection has been testing samples from COVID patients who have recently returned from Britain, where the new mutated variant of the coronavirus has been spreading. And they found two samples, both from teenage patients, that appear to match this new variant. A 14-year-old student is still being treated in hospital, while the other, who's 17, has been discharged. Authorities are following up on their close contacts. While much remains unknown about this new strain, preliminary data suggests it is up to 70% more transmissible, meaning it would be much more difficult to contain than previously known variants of the coronavirus. As a precaution, authorities will now require all incoming travelers from the UK to stay at a designated quarantine hotel for three weeks. The previous arrangement, implemented just the day before, had required them to stay at a hotel for two weeks, then a third week at home. Dr. Trang Shoukwan of the Centre for Health Protection explains this is just a precaution against this more transmissible form of the virus.
4: According to the UK reports, uh, they may be more infectious. A small proportion of COVID in general may have a very long incubation period, more than 14 days. That's why we are implementing 21 days rule for those coming back from UK, just to make sure they won't spread into the community.
3: The executive council has also approved new powers for the government to issue mandatory quarantine orders of up to 28 days if and when needed.
0: The Apple Daily founder Jimmy Lai has been granted bail by the High Court first for a suspect charge under the National Security Law. He has now left prison to go home. Earlier an immediate challenge to the ruling by the Department of Justice was rejected. Tran Wong has more.
2: Mr. Lai is the first person charged under the National Security Law to be granted bail but he'll face severe restrictions on his liberty while he awaits trial on charges of colluding with foreign forces and fraud. He's agreed to put forward a $10 million bond. He won't be allowed to leave his house except to report to the police or go to court. He's banned from using social media, taking interviews or meeting foreign officials. Under the national security legislation, judges should only grant bail if they have sufficient grounds to believe that the defendant will not continue to commit acts endangering national security despite the conditions prosecutors immediately sought permission to take the case to the court of final appeal this was rejected
0: you're tuned to rthk the time is five minutes past 11. hong kong's poverty rate reached a record high of 21.4 percent last year and the government's blaming the social unrest and the sino, and sino- u.s trade tensions for the rise cecil wong again
3: In its annual poverty report, the government said 21.4% of residents were considered to be poor in 2019. That's up 1 percentage point from the previous year. The number exceeded the previous record set in 2009, when the poverty rate was at 20.6%. The report said that last year, just under 1.5 million of Hong Kong's population of 7.5 million were under the poverty line which is set at 50% of median monthly household income before any government allowances or subsidies. The administration blamed the deteriorating situation on last year's anti-government protests and Sino-US trade tensions, saying the double whammy caused the SAR's first economic recession in a decade. The reports that the unrest had caused severe disruption and battered sectors related to consumption and tourism that involved a substantial number of lower-skilled jobs, Grassroot families were particularly hard hit, it added. When taking into account the effect of its recurrent measures to help the poor, the government says the poverty rate was at 15.8% last year, up 0.9 percentage points from 2018. That works out at 1.1 million people still struggling, despite the financial assistance, an increase of 73,500 people.
0: Mainland lawyer working for the family of one of 12 Hong Kong people detained in Shenzhen says he expects all of the detainees to be back in the SAR soon. Francis Sitt has more.
1: Lucy Wei said he thinks court proceedings against 10 of them will begin around the end of this year and will be completed next month. He estimated that the eight people charged with crossing the border illegally will be given jail sentences of under six months and they will have already served much of this time being as they were detained in August. Mr Lu said two others accused of organizing the crossing will likely be given two-year suspended jail terms and Hong Kong and Shenzhen would have to look at how the pair could fulfill this punishment back in the SAR. He said his optimistic estimate is that these 10 detainees will be back in Hong Kong before the Lunar New Year in February. Mr. Liu added the other two members of the group, who are minors, are likely to return even sooner because they will probably not be charged. The lawyer believes two relatives of each of the defendants should be permitted to attend the court proceedings. Mr Liu and other lawyers hired by the families have been denied access to the 12, who are believed to have instead been given lawyers appointed by the mainland authorities. The young Hongkongers were picked up by the Guangdong Coast Guard when allegedly trying to flee from the SAR to Taiwan by speedboat. Eleven of them were suspected of protest-related offenses in Hong Kong, and one had been arrested but not charged under the national security law.
0: An asylum seeker has lost his legal bid to be released from detention where he's been for more than eight months as he awaits deportation. Joanne Wong with this story.
2: The High Court dismissed Ahmed Sani Salman's application for a writ of habeas corpus, noting that the Pakistani national had previously committed multiple drugs-related crimes as well as immigration and traffic-related offences. The court said the government is entitled to view that Mr. Salmon could pose a threat to the community and his detention is lawful. The court also agreed with the government that there would be a risk of him absconding if he were to be released, noting that he had previously failed to answer court bail. Mr. Salman earlier told the court he had been mistreated by officers at the Castle Peak Bay Immigration Center and has been on a partial hunger strike since July in protest. He complained that for some time, he was not given proper medical treatment for his joint pain and only received a painkiller that he was allergic to. But Judge Anderson Chow rejected this claim, saying there was insufficient evidence to show that doctors at the center had failed to provide proper treatment for Mr. Salman. The judge said the fact that Mr. Salman has no obvious connections to Hong Kong supports his continued detention. The judge also said the amount of time that he has already spent in detention was not unreasonable.
0: Concern group that has been helping Mr Salman says he and two other detainees have ended their hunger strike. The CIC detainees' rights concern group has vowed to keep pushing back against what they see as unjust detention by Castle Peak Immigration Centre. Member of the group, Anna Choi, said Mr Salman plans to appeal. She also gave an update on his health.
5: I have personally
6: visited him on Sunday. He is very thin, but he was able to walk on his own and. He still speaks with re- reasonable spirit. So, and we've heard that the immigration department has been providing them with a milk supplements that they ask them to drink. So it seems that they are still fine, but uh, they have lost a lot of weight and it's still
7: worrying.
0: Taiwanese airline EVA Airways has fired a pilot from New Zealand who is believed to have caused the first locally transmitted case of COVID-19 on the island since
3: April. Timmy Sung reports. The airline accused the pilots of breaking the island's Communicable Disease Control Act and violating cabin crew regulations by not wearing a mask. On Tuesday, Taiwanese media reported that the freight pilot had flown in from the U.S. and completed his three-day home quarantine as required but the health minister said the pilot had not correctly reported all his contacts and the list of places he had been. The locally infected case is a Taiwanese woman in her 30s. Two co-pilots were also infected. The
0: foreign ministry in Beijing has denied that Chinese and Russian warplanes entered South Korean airspace on Tuesday, as alleged by Seoul. South Korea said it scrambled fighter jets in response to the incursion by four Chinese military planes, followed by 19 Russian ones. Beijing said its joint military operation adhered to international war and was not aimed at a third party. Soldiers in Britain are carrying out coronavirus tests at the port of Dover to help clear a backlog of thousands of trucks after France eased a two-day ban on entry from the UK. British Army joined the operation after the French government agreed to allow entry to its own citizens and some others, including truck drivers, on the condition that they test negative for COVID-19. British Cabinet Minister Robert Jenrick said it may take some time to clear the backlog.
8: I think it's going to take a a few days. There's clearly quite a lot of work to be done. Um, It will take us today and part of tomorrow to get fully up to speed and then we'll we'll work through as fast as we can the truck drivers. There's almost 3,000 HGVs at Manston and there's several hundred more as a result of Operation Stack.
0: Sport and Tottenham are away to second tier Stoke City while Everton hosts Manchester United in the quarterfinals of the English League Cup. Everton has never won the competition. Here's the manager, Carlo Ancelotti.
6: It is an important game. It is a quarterfinal of an important competition that uh, Everton never won in his history. And so we are not so far. We are uh, in a good moment. We are going to play against... Really tough opponent that beat us a few weeks ago here, and so uh, it is a great opportunity to show the momentum.
0: Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is seeking his first trophy as manager of Manchester United. He says it's also important for his players to get their first taste of silverware. Yes, of course, it's uh, something we aim for. We want to improve every season, and to improve from last year is to get to the
5: final, and of course. When you get to a final, there's only one thing that matters: that's to
8: lift the trophy.
0: The Los Angeles Lakers received their NBA championship rings in an empty Staples Center as COVID nineteen restrictions kept fans from attending their season opener against the LA Clippers. Back on the court, seventy days, seventy-two days after celebrating their title in the bubble in Orlando, the Lakers were rusty out of the gate. They were beaten 116 to 109 by their crosstown rivals. Paul George led the Clippers with 33 points. Kawhi Leonard added 26. Elsewhere, Kevin Durant marked his Brooklyn Nets debut by scoring 22 points in a 125-99 demolition of the Golden State Warriors. Durant says he's back in business after missing last season with an Achilles injury. He picked up while playing for the Warriors in the 2019 Finals.
9: No emotions at all. I mean, I'm just, uh, it's good to see, you know, old friends and... Uh old teammates, um, but I wouldn't say it was any emotion, you know, I, I think guys came out here and just played extremely hard and competed and put on a good show for the opening night.
0: It was also a happy start for Steve Nash on his head coaching debut. The two-time league MVP joined Brooklyn in the off-season after four years working as a consultant with the Warriors. The organisers of next year's delayed Tokyo Olympics say they've started from scratch in their planning for the opening and closing ceremonies because of the coronavirus pandemic. They said there'd been an urgent need to simplify the events in a short time, the BBC's Will Leonardo reports.
8: The Olympic ceremonies were set to be glittering spectacles showcasing what organisers described as the Japanese spirit to the world. But the events, normally watched by hundreds of millions globally, are now being scaled back. At a news conference in the Japanese capital, the Tokyo 2020 chief, Toshiro Muto, said that a seven-member creative team in charge of the ceremonies since 2018 would be disbanded. Instead, the creative director for the Paralympic ceremonies, Hiroshi Sasaki, would take the lead for the now slimmed-down events. Mr Sasaki acknowledged that public opinion 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 in Japan was growing increasingly hostile to the Olympics as costs soar.
0: Reminder of our top stories tonight, the government says it's procured enough Covid vaccines to inoculate the entire population. Authorities find a more infectious, mutated strain of coronavirus in Hong Kong for the first time, and media mogul Jimmy Lai is freed on bail and has now left prison. The news from RTHK. RTHK,
1: Radio
0: 3 it's time now to look at stories covered in this evening's wrap programme. The president of the Medical Association says he won't be queuing up to take any of the vaccines that are now being approved to provide immunity to COVID-19. Dr Choi Kin said caution should be the watchword on these inoculations, which he said had been rushed out in record time. He was asked on this morning's back chat how long he would wait, to be sure.
10: Maybe another year or so when everything is clearer and whether the long-term effects are available to the public or to the medical personnel, then it's time to reconsider. But for me, I would rather do the hand washing, the masking and the social distancing to the strictest rather than get myself vaccinated just when the vaccine is starting. Even the China vaccine has, uh, I was just informed that it has a success rate of just over 50%. So this is not a very nice figure.
8: So, I mean, but if everybody did, this, acted the same as you, then the, the, the virus would continue
10: personalized. It should be a very personalized decision for the citizens. should be based on the data available, should be based on the factual results from overseas and so on, and it should not be imposed. I think the government will clear that it should be a voluntary inoculation and not be a mandatory uh, vaccination.
8: But, but you wouldn't take it, and, and, and you would. that's advi- the advice you'd give to your patients, is it, as well? You I wouldn't would take any vaccine.
10: Vision, I would ask my patient to look and consider uh, by themselves, look at the facts. I would try to sup- supply them with the figures and the trial results. Of the,
8: what would be the, the risk? risk? Well, I mean, that's an unusual sort of approach for a doctor to take. A doctor would usually uh, say, you know, would be the expert who would, who would make the recommendation. Nowadays,
10: doctors should not be dogmatic and should not be paternalistic. And doctors uh, should uh, let the patient have the right to decide for themselves after weighing the effects and the risks.
8: And and what would be the risks? What would be the downside?
10: Well, the downside, we are dealing with a vaccine which has never been tried before. This is a new creation. The mRNA vaccine is a new creation. So whether it will have a long-term effect, we don't know. Whether it will cause any future damage to the central nervous system, we don't know. So we have to look at the figures very closely. After a mass vaccination, say in the space in the or in the UK, then when the figures prop up, then we can be more sure that it is safe.
0: Dr Choi Kinder speaking to Hugh Chibiton on Backchat. The Food and Health Bureau has admitted that 800 people who tested negative for COVID-19 since the end of last month haven't received a text message informing them of a computer glitch. Among those affected were the late pro-establishment activist Tisha Lee and her husband. Violet Wong has more.
7: The Food and Health Bureau blamed a glitch in its computer system for what happened. It says it expects to fix the problem and will try to notify people of their test results within 48 hours from now on. In the statements, the Bureau says health authorities had previously not informed people who tested negative. But have gradually improved their computer systems since the end of November in order to notify people who have been tested negative via SMS messages. The statement goes on to say that during the process of changing the computer system, technical problems resulted in some people not receiving the SMS messages telling them they have tested negative. Officials confirmed earlier that pro-Beijing activist Letitia Lee and her husband were among those who tested negative and were not informed. Miss Lee died last week and tested positive for the virus after her death.
2: <inaudible>
7: Pro-Beijing lawmaker Priscilla Lang said the case demonstrated what she described as major problems with the government, as they only found out about the technical issue days after the activist died. Speaking on an RTHK radio program, Ms Lang said a leadership overhaul is needed to combat the pandemic here. She also accused the Food and Health Bureau and the Department of Health of poor coordination of their anti-epidemic efforts. The lawmaker says the authorities should consider asking more experts for advice.
0: Prominent pro-democracy district councillors have conceded that their time in public office is likely running short, amid widespread reports that Beijing is considering sweeping changes that couldn't seat some of the elected officials, strip the council of its five super seats in LegCo and toss the councillors out of the committee that elects the chief executive. The standing committee of the National People's Congress is currently meeting in Beijing. District councillors James To and Lester Shum are among those who are expecting the worst, saying they believe Beijing will continue crushing voices of dissent in order to have absolute control over the political situation in the territory. But Mr To told Violet Wong that if this happens, it would put pay to the pretense that the central authorities care about the views of people at all.
6: I perceive that the thinking of Beijing is that the citizen of Hong Kong, reflected from the latest District Council election, is not to be respected. Otherwise, they feel they will lose control of the choice of the candidate or the logical majority through election that they feel dominated by not very cooperative Chinese citizens in Hong Kong. Uh, therefore they don't want to pretend that one country2 system is in place, so that's uh, they will do whatever they feel is necessary to uh, absolute control of the political power in Hong Kong.
7: So they are reports saying the district councillors need to swear allegiance. Do you think that will happen?
6: I believe it will happen soon or later because the Beijing government wish to have a complete control and allegiance from whoever in the public sector and they will view those from the government and from the elected posts will have to be covered.
7: Will you comply with the requirement and do you expect other district councillors to do so? Well,
6: uh, personally, I have no problem of making the oath because previously, for 30 years, uh, I have been making the same, the very same oath in LegCo.
7: What about other district councillors? Will you think uh, many of them will actually refuse to sign and there will be a wave of disqualifications?
6: Well, it's uh, it's very difficult to tell, but I believe that maybe some will refuse. But given the very high pressure in the circumstances uh, and the very limited space that politics wish to serve the society. Maybe many councillors, after careful thinking, may have um, reluctantly signed and, and made of
7: there are also some reports saying that the 100 seats of CE election committees decided by district councillors will be cancelled. Well,
6: I think it's a very consistent theme that the Beijing government wish to have a, a absolute control of everything in the political structure. And they will view the electoral college. The election committee is vitally important for their total grasp of control of uh, the government and their choice of candidates, whatever the nasty the candidate will be because they feel that it is the Beijing's wish is absolutely to prevail so that's why they will twist the rules they will change the rules they will do whatever to disqualify so as to obtain absolute control
0: pro-Beijing lawmaker Junyi Ho is setting up a national security education center to foster what he described as correct and positive attitudes among young people it also proposed teaching material to the Education Bureau for a revamped Liberal Studies curriculum. Natalie Cheng reports.
4: Junius Ho, who founded a group behind the center's creation, said the new facility will promote patriotism and national security legislation to secondary schools through talks and mainland tours. Ten schools have been reached to kickstart the campaign. The center also plans to target primary schools in future if they get more money and resources from donation.
5: We
6: are the promoter of the national security education and also to foster a a correct and positive um, attitude within the community, especially within the younger generation, so that they understand what they are expected of by the society, at least to be a law-abiding citizen.
4: The lawmaker also revealed that the centre will play a role in liberal studies by offering recommendations on teaching material to the Education Bureau and the Committee of Safeguarding National Security after seeking advice from legal experts.
6: We are not um, the educator in the sense that to set the syllabus for any liberal studies or whatsoever. However, we know what we are tasked with in the context of Article 7 to Article 10.
4: Under the national security law, the Hong Kong government is to strengthen its work on safeguarding national security and promote national security education in schools and universities and through social organizations, the media, the Internet and other means. Mr Ho said another task for the center is to promote judicial reform, such as not having judges wearing wigs, helping them learn more about China and pushing ahead with plans to set up a sentencing committee. The center also supports the full enactment of basic law Article 23 national security legislation. Mr. Ho pointed out that certain items such as theft of state secrets and prohibiting foreign political organization or bodies from conducting political activities in Hong Kong have not been fully legislated. The center will be set up in February.
0: Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol in 1843, and it became as familiar on stage as it was from his original book. This winter, versions of A Christmas Carol have been popping up everywhere, not just in Britain. Does the play somehow suit the grim times we've all been living through? Here's the BBC's Vincent Dowd.
8: Bury St Edmunds in Suffolk has a Dickens connection. He wrote some of the Pickwick papers here. Now, one of his most popular stories is being performed by the town's Theatre Royal. Because of the pandemic, A Christmas Carol is outside in the winter darkness. A Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you.
0: Bah, humbug.
8: You don't mean that, I'm sure.
9: I do. What's Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills without
8: money? Howard Sadler plays Scrooge.
9: The image is clear of this curmudgeonly... Bitter, twisted man who eventually becomes enlightened. There certainly is, if not a religious, then a spiritual aspect to it.
8: Owen Calvert-Lyons directed. There's something brilliant about how well-loved and how well-known the story is because it allows you to make shortcuts. It's so steeped into our culture now that you can assume that actually the audience know where you're going. Oh, but he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone Scrooge. Suffolk remains in England's coronavirus tier two socially distanced theatre can continue. In the UK, there were more than 20 Christmas carols ready to run this month, though some fell foul of COVID-19 regulations. London's Old Vic made the smart decision to revive its adaptation online only. With no audience yet it dramatizes movingly the death in poverty of tiny tim which can be avoided if only the wealthy ebenezer scrooge will rediscover his humanity adapter jack thorne thinks the shape of dickens story can help draw in a stage audience well it's in four acts goes to christmas past christmas present goes to christmas future and then the redemption that's a lovely sort of Ibsen like, you know, structure for you to see the play by. I love all of Dickens's stories. There's no one quite like him how he frames a story through a political landscape and never lets that political landscape dominate the telling. Dickens was radically critical of poverty in his book, so is the play really still about poverty? I think the reason why there's a glut of Christmas Carol shows this year is nothing to do with COVID. When I was a kid, there may have been a few food banks in operation. There weren't that many. It's shocking that they have become the norm, that it's now okay for people to be in that level of poverty. I feel like we're letting society down right now, and that's why I think so many people have Christmas Carol in their hearts right now. It makes me love the story even more. The Lyric Theatre of Oklahoma City is also staging a Christmas carol. Good
10: King Wenceslas looked out on
3: the Feast of Stephen.
8: Coronavirus means the lyric too has ventured outside.
3: A Merry Christmas, Uncle Scrooge! Go- Save you! Uh, Hembach. <laughs> Christmas a humbug. You don't mean that, uncle, I'm sure. I do.
9: What right have you to be merry?
8: The artistic You're... director is Michael Barron.
3: This year, particularly, the political elements of the show and the need for hope and being empathetic to your fellow man, particularly here in America, has really come to the forefront. We always ask for donations for the Regional Food Bank of Oklahoma. And this year, it's even more necessary. Not only is it an immediate reminder of the need of everyone, but it's just a good way for the end of the year to learn these lessons that we've learned our whole lives. And even though there's a lot of spectacle and ghosts, it really all stems from, you have to find the honesty in the death of a child. And so when you get to Tiny Tim, to that scene, even though we're outside, the wind's blowing, we had an ice storm one weekend, you still have audible tears. People thinking about or have dealt with death, and right now I think that's ever present.
9: Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> and the same to you, Mrs. Cratchit.
8: After 177 years, it's really not a spoiler to say Dickens keeps Scrooge and Tiny Tim alive at the end of the story. It's my pleasure to make your acquaintance, Master Tim.
1: There christmas mr scrooge oh.
8: what the world now craves is what dickens the master storyteller gave tiny tim health security and a prospect at least of better days ahead
1: god bless us everyone <laughs> <laughs>
0: this story is a part of the Newswrap program which is broadcast on rthk earlier this evening
1: amid the epidemic thanks to all for being self-disciplined to protect yourselves and others
8: Thanks for keeping up personal and environmental hygiene and contributing to fighting the virus.
1: We must take further steps. Keep track of your whereabouts. If you are sick, don't go to work or school. See the doctor and get tested promptly. We will prevail over the epidemic. Visit coronavirus.gov.hk for details. Fight Fight the the virus. virus. Stay Stay vigilant. vigilant. Radio 3, weather.
9: A look at the weather forecast for tonight and tomorrow mainly cloudy, dry with sunny periods during the day, temperatures ranging between 17 and 22 degrees The winds we can expect will be moderate north to northeasterly, occasionally fresh offshore. The outlook bright and mild during the day, during Christmas holidays and early next week, becoming appreciably cooler midweek next week. Currently, the air quality health index here in Hong Kong is low to moderate. The readings are two and four at the observatory. The air temperature is 19 degrees Celsius. Relative humidity stands at 85%.
5: C next Radio free. Pennsylvania and some homemade pumpkin pie. From Pennsylvania, folks are traveling down to Dixie's sunny shore. From Atlantic to Pacific, Cheek the travel.
9: Getting us started for the second half of The Late Show for Wednesday the 23rd of December 2020. That was Barry Manilow and home for the holidays. I'm Simon Wilson sitting in for Uncle Ray. The world's most durable DJ is taking a few weeks off during this current COVID spike. Relaxing and enjoying Christmas and we'll be back in the new year. In the meantime, playing assorted ballads and easy listening through till one. If there's something you'd like to hear, two double three double eight two six six 266 is the number. Moving on now, this is Guantanamera from Zucchero.